0: And welcome to Bedtime Bible Boys. With Brock, Trey, and Theron TJ. Thanks, thanks for, for listening. We love you, Mom. And you too, Gail. Okay, there. Yeah, we're Okay, unfortunately, we lost good little clip of episodes here, I guess three that we recorded, and on the computer that we had saved them, the audio files to, it completely crashed. But rather than go back and re-record those episodes right now, we're going to keep our momentum going. We're going to be continuing in Second Kings chapter 15, and for what was missed out of chapters 13 and 14 apologize. Please do go and read those yourself, because they are good. In chapter 15, verse 1, In the twenty-seventh year of Jeroboam, king of Israel, Azariah, son of Amaziah, king of Judah, began to reign. He was sixteen years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem fifty-two years. His mother's name was Jechaliah. She was from Jerusalem. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father, Amaziah, had done. So it started like, all of it started kind of good, and it got bad for a long period of time, and now it's good again. However, do you think that he got rid of the the high places? No. Verse 4, the high places, however, were not removed. The people continued to offer sacrifices and burnt incense there. I don't like how it It's hard for us to understand why it must have been so hard for kings to get rid of those high places. We kind of related that to, it would be like telling everybody today, we figured out that cell phones were evil and nobody could any longer have them unless we somehow reformed our religion to say that cell phones were okay. Now it's totally hypothetical. I'm just making it up. But the point is a lot of of people would have a hard time choosing between their Lord and keeping their cell phone. It would be hard for people. I know that sounds crazy, but it is the truth. And in verse 5, The Lord afflicted the king with leprosy until the day he died, and he lived in a separate house. Jotham, the king's son, had charge of the palace and governed the people of the land. As for the other events of Azariah's reign and all he did, are they not written in the book of the annals of the kings of Judah? Azariah rested with his fathers and was buried near them in the city of David. And Jotham, his son, succeeded him his king. In the 38th year of Azariah, king of Judah, Zechariah, son of Jeroboam, king of Israel and Samaria, became king of Israel and Samaria, and he reigned six months. That's uh, not that good. <laughs> Yikes! That's got to be one of the shorter ones so far. Why do you think it may have been so short? Because he was doing. Verse 9, he did evil in the eyes of the Lord. It's like becoming I just, Brock knows his book, man, he knows his Bible. A way to be sustained with the Lord's favor is certainly not to do evil in his eyes, right? He did not turn away from the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nabat, which he had caused Israel to commit. Shalom, son of Jabesh, conspired against Zechariah. He attacked him in front of the people, assassinated him, and succeeded him as king. The other events of Zechariah's Zachari- reign are written in the book of the Annals of the Kings of Israel. Well, that's different than are they not rain? It says they are rain. <laughs> that's funny, Brock. You're right. That's the first time it states it instead of asking the question. You might be on to something, bro. (laughs) That's really good. So the word of the Lord spoken to Jehu was fulfilled. Your descendants will sit on the throne of Israel to the fourth generation. And maybe that's why the writer was inspired to write this one so matter of a fact. Instead of leaving it as a question out there, actually the fact that this happened fulfilled the Lord's prophecy. And since it fulfilled the Lord's prophecy, he didn't write it as a question. He made sure to write it as a statement. You know, the Bible, I, there was a word today that was spoken and it's so true. The Bible in every way has purpose. Every period. Look at this is just a period versus a question mark, right? And that caught your attention, Brock. That's the spirit in you, raising you to an awareness of something that's actually meaningful in the word. The Spirit will work to help highlight things that are going on in the Word and reveal them to you. And he, and it revealed to you right now that even just a period, a statement rather than a question, is meaningful. And it is, and we're reading it in this verse, it was written as a statement because it was a direct fulfillment of a prophecy. So the writer didn't want to leave a question mark like there's any other answer. You know what I'm saying? You don't got to go search for this. It's here. It happened for a reason. The Lord spoke and said, your descendants will sit on the throne of Israel to the fourth generation. This is the fulfillment of that. Super, super cool, Brock. I'm glad you picked up on that. Shalem, this is verse 13, son of Jabesh, became king in the 39th year of Uzziah, king of Judah, and he reigned in Samaria whew, one month. He did it again. This isn't good. Then Manahem, son of Gadi, went from Tirzah up to Samaria. He attacked Shalom, son of Jabesh in Samaria, assassinated him, and succeeded him as king. And I think you're right, Brock. We can assume that he did eye- evil in the eyes of the Lord because we've seen this before where super short reigns like that usually aren't ones where they're doing what was right in the eyes of the Lord, right? You no, know, it didn't say he did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He must have done it. He must I have done it and the Lord told the other king to or the other guy to kill him It could have been like that. we've seen it work like that in the past. in this case it doesn't we don't know that for sure but that certainly would be a repeat of things we've seen in the past. And in verse 15 the other events of Shalom's reign and the conspiracy led also are written in the book of the annals of the king of Israel. At the time, Manahem, starting out from Tersa, attacked Tipsha and everyone in the city and its vicinity because they refused to open their gates. In the thirty-ninth year of Azariah, king of Judah, Menahem, son of Gadi, became king of Israel, and he reigned in Samaria ten years. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord. During his entire reign, he did not turn away from the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, which had caused israel to commit then Pul, king of assyria invaded the land and menahem gave him a thousand talents of silver to gain his support and strengthen his own hold on the kingdom menahem exacted this money from israel every wealthy man he had to contribute 50 shekels of silver to be given to the king of assyria so the king of assyria withdrew and stayed in the land no longer As for the other events of Manahem's reign and all he did, are they not written in the book of the annals of the kings of Israel? That's the question. That's right. Manahem rested with his fathers, and Pekahiah, his son, succeeded him as king. In the fiftieth year of Azariah, king of Judah, Pekahiah, son of Manahem, became king of Israel in Samaria, and he reigned two years. Pekahiah did... Evil. Evil in the eyes of the Lord, he did not turn away from the sins of Jeroboam, son of Naboth, which he had caused Israel to commit. One of his chief officers, Pekah, son of Ramilia, conspired against him. Taking fifty men of Gilead with him, he assassinated Pekahiah along with Argob and Uriah in the citadel of the royal palace at Samaria. So Pekah killed Pekahiah and succeeded him as king. The other events of Pekahiah's reign and all he did are written in the book of the annals of the kings of Israel. Now it's kind of like now going from good to bad. To good to bad. Or even a couple bads in a row, yeah? Verse 27. In the 52nd year of Azariah king of Judah, Pekah son of Ramali, Ramaliah became king of Israel in Samaria and he reigned 20 years. I'll sit down a little bit, <laughs> he did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He did not turn away from the sins of Jeroboam, son of Naboth, which he had caused Israel to commit. So let's think about what Brock just said. I think here's, here's a good takeaway from this. Whenever you see somebody successful for a length of time, sometimes that doesn't necessarily mean they're good or bad, right? But in the case of the king's When you see that they're successful for just, or when they're king for just a very short amount of time, it's almost a dead giveaway that they were, they did evil. So when they stay for a long time, it's like, we don't know. Could be good, could be evil. When they stay for only a short time, definitely evil. Well, it's like 52 years, that's for sure good. Right, that is good. You're right. You're right. And it said he did good in the eyes of the Lord. However, he didn't destroy what? The high places. Man, why is it so hard to get rid of that one sin that you just can't let go of? I don't know. I mean, maybe the, the Lord, he puts this in for us to think about that. Like, all these sin kings were good kings, but they still suffered something big. Like, the king who was good for 52 years still didn't get rid of the high places, and he died of leprosy. Leprosy was a pretty bad thing to have back then. Identify, it's kind of like we talked about getting rid of the balls, y'all. Get rid of the high places. Get rid of the Baal. Get rid of the high places. This just shows us that that's going to be harder to do. It may require years of struggle. You're going to have to just lay it down at the cross and ask the Lord to help you. And also to remember what the Lord responded to Paul with when Paul asked that he would be relieved of the thorn in his flesh. Do you boys remember what the Lord's response to him was? It says three times the, Paul pleaded with the Lord to take this thorn out of his side, this thing that he was struggling with. And the Lord's response was, My grace is enough for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. To understand that he, the Lord actually said no when Paul asked if he would take away this weakness of the flesh from Paul. It sounds like a noble thing, right? I'm struggling with this one thing, Lord, and I want you to take it away from me. I don't want to want that anymore. Sounds like a noble thing, right? Mm -hmm. But the Lord said no. I need you to always depend on my grace. Now listen, I have so much sin in my life, I can't I, I don't know what it's like to be there, to have one thing that you struggle with, just one thing, and say, Lord, will you take that from me? But I can imagine that if that's where I was, it would be really easy to kind of be prideful about it, like, feel pretty good about myself, you know? And I, in this case, the Lord probably saw, you know, Paul, com- comparatively to other people, was very, very obedient, but the Lord... It was more important to the Lord that he stayed humble and he stayed dependent on the Father for grace. Paul never was going, was going to never have any ability to live in a way where he wasn't in continuous need of the grace of Jesus Christ in his life. And just think about that. All of these kings and all of the people after these kings no matter if it's Baal or the high places or the thorn in the flesh or whatever is going on in your life, you may have multiple things, but if you just have that one thing, it's still under the same situation that all of our life is under. It needs the absolute grace of Jesus Christ. It's the only way we'll ever have a chance. We're never going to be able to earn it. We're never going to be able to do good enough or sin, sin less enough to be able to be accepted by our Father. None come to the Father except by the Lord Jesus Christ. When you feel you are weak, when you're going through a moment of weakness, when you're going through a season of weakness, remember what the Lord said to Paul my grace think of it like my forgiveness it's enough for you the power of my forgiveness is made perfect when you are weak when you can't do it yourself that's when my power to save shines you guys good all right. I love you, boys. I you You guys good kids.